might be handy if you were the master of unlocking to take it with you. And welcome to the third annual Halloween episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Parmentier, not going to do terrible pun names, here with Jeremy Gregory and Billy Holiday. That was the worst Halloween voice I think ever. Isn't that a good Halloween voice? I mean, I scare all the children with that one. I just sounded like your your normal voice, but you were just being like a, a weird creep or something. Oh, man. Weird creep is pretty much my, my goal, so I'm very excited oh, that worked out. That should uh, be coming through somebody's like barely open window in their bedroom. Or something. <laughs> well, that's totally fitting for a Halloween episode. I'll take it, even if it just comes across as being creepy. Uh, this year, we're going to take on a series, mainly the start of a series that is now you know well-known with horror and the horror genre of video games. We're going to play the original Resident Evil for PlayStation. But before we get to our holiday festivities, see if I'm good at this voice. Billy, what have you been playing since last time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm far too gripped in fear to reply right now. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, I, I said I was going to play through Grim Fandango uh, this Halloween, and and I have not. Uh, I made it to the same part I always do, and have kind of stopped. Uh, but I picked up a couple games. You know, every week uh, in October, PlayStation mm-hmm. is having a having a sale on a horror themed games, I guess, for the most part. And I picked up another Jeremy Gregory recommendation. That what remains of Edith Finch. Yeah. And I have, he's had good things to say about it. Uh, he, he's, you know, he said it's not the most uplifting game, which I have, I have learned that as I've played through. Uh, but being a, a, a fellow in his mid to late thirties that does a video game podcast, I have my, I have knowledge of depression, so it doesn't bother <laughs> me. I, I can do it. Uh, but yeah, it was, it seems to be a walking simulator, uh, for the most part, which, which I love those, uh, we'll give just about any of them a try. Uh, but I've enjoyed it so far. I picked that up and I, uh, I, I picked up that, that super Nintendo classic. I, I found it, uh, actually pretty easily. Uh, I wasn't really looking for it this time. I just happened upon it and have been playing through the games on it, uh, especially Secret of Mana, which I had never played before. Uh, really? No, I um, I rented it one one weekend. I rented it. I was sick that weekend. I slept the entire weekend. Wow. Uh, never never picked it up again. And I am highly enjoying that one. I, I I can't believe I'm kicking myself for not playing that one back when it was out. Well, yeah, I that also... one's great with uh, the two players, uh, the two mm-hmm. players simultaneous. You can even use the uh, the multi tap, I, I believe, with that one to do the three player simultaneous, which makes no sense. I I, I can't even imagine hey, playing that game with three people. We're we're talking about a number of friends I don't have here. Uh, yeah, we're we're stretching it at, at two for me anyway. Yes. Well, I also found an SNES classic. I swore I wasn't going to hunt for it, and I actually didn't. I mean, I did when it first came out just to see, but not too hard. Uh, but I just went to Target one day, and they had one. So I bought it, mm-hmm. took it home. Uh, the only game I've really put any real time into, uh, I- I'm going to play Final Fantasy VI, or three, I guess, on that. But it's the only one I haven't played, which is surprising since it's most people's favorite. Uh, so I-, I am slowly playing that. But Yoshi's Island, Yoshi's Story, whichever one that is mm-hmm. on there, uh, amazing. I I'd played it when it was new. But I, you know, it's one of those games that hasn't really been out again in its original form until now, and uh, and I'm loving that. And my children seem to find it funny, so I'm able to play mm-hmm. it when they're around, which is nice. Unlike most of my other games. Uh, and the only other thing I bought is I, I brought up last time that I 
I've played the demo for Etrian Odyssey 5 and highly recommended it. Uh, the full game is out. I purchased it. I was able to transfer my characters from the demo straight into the game, and it is wonderful. And it's also kicking the shit out of me. I'm about 10 minutes past where the demo got me and have hit a wall. So <laughs> I'm very excited with how difficult this game has been. Jeremy, what have you been playing since our last episode? Oh, well, sticking with the Halloween theme, I guess, I, I actually bought the, the Evil Within 2. Oh. And I, I don't know if either of you played the, the original Evil Within, but this is uh, it's kind of a direct sequel, I guess. It takes place after uh, the events uh, from uh, the original game. Okay. Uh, I never actually beat the original game. I got pretty far into it. I I'm, was actually going to sit down and just finish off the last few stages before I bought this one. But, of course, I didn't. And just jumped into this one and, and read a, a recap or whatever. But you don't even really need a recap. It's kind of its own individual story. It does sort of mention things that happened in the last game. But it's its its, its own thing, really. And uh, it's its just as crazy. Uh, but it's a little bit different game. So if, if you go in expecting the very linear experience uh, that The Evil Within uh, the first game was, this is not that. This actually has sort of an open world to it. Uh, almost like a, you know, like a the Resident Evil Four town. Uh, mm. You kind of get that. It's not huge uh, by any means, but it, there is an uh, a large neighborhood that you can walk around in, and uh, the the various um, safe houses and missions and little side missions that you can do are all over that town, uh, and, and it's really fun. I, I like. I know there's a lot of people that just didn't enjoy the the new direction that this one took, but. Uh, it, it keeps me coming back because of that open world, because as we've established in this podcast, I like doing stupid little uh, fetch quests uh, or, you know, just <laughs> going out and, and exploring and things like that. And this you, you totally can do that all you want in this game. And, and it's a fun world, uh, fun little neighborhood to explore. There, it seems like there's stuff everywhere. Um, also, just kind of crap that can make you jump out of your chair. It's, it's a really great, scary game, I guess. And it's... Uh, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I, I can see why people wouldn't uh, necessarily recommend this one if you really, really like that first one. But I, I, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of the first one, and this one seems to be like a huge improvement over over what that first one was. So, definitely, if you're if you're looking for a Halloween style game, that's that's a really great pick. I did play The Evil Within. I didn't finish it either. Uh, I don't necessarily remember why I stopped playing it, because it wasn't like I got to a point that I was stuck at. I think I just lost interest midway through the game. It was fun, but it, you're right, it was very linear. Um, there, it was a lot of, like, after I did a few things, it was like, yep, this is exactly more of the same. I was interested in where the story was going, but not, I guess, enough to finish it. I'll go back to it someday, but what I've heard from anyone who's played this game is that it's it's better in almost every way for most people. So it must not just be you. I think a lot of people would recommend it. Um, and it's the kind of game that if you really wanted to go and, and figure out what influenced that game, clearly the game we're going to talk about this week is a major influence, the original mm. Resident Evil on PlayStation.
And this came out in 1996. It's not the first horror game uh, for, it, for consoles by any means. We've covered some of the previous ones. I mean, even Uninvited was kind of a, a horror game that we covered earlier this year, I think. And then for the last few Halloweens, we've covered the Castlevanias, Monster Party, Splatterhouse was another one that's, you know, kind of a straight horror game. But those all seem to be more traditional video games with a horror theme. But this is one of the first games I remember where they actually had the the mood perfect. It felt like I was watching, you know, Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead. One of those, you know, old, gritty horror movies, but very, very, almost claustrophobic while you're playing it. Yeah, and those, you know, this is one of those uh, first games that really did the whole... Uh, uh, the the pre-rendered backgrounds with the polygon characters on it. I know that um, Alone in the Dark, you know, that's obviously the originator. You know, that everyone will always argue that that's that is the the first game that kind of really did this. And it, it, I think you're you're right, but I think Resident Evil was the first one that did it well. Well, it, it's also it just felt more like, at least for me, I don't know. Zombies were always my thing for for horror movies. Those were the ones I found the scariest. I don't necessarily know why. And now zombies are are overdone to the point where they're no longer scary. But for, for that time period for me, they were the thing. And Alone in the Dark wasn't, wasn't necessarily zombies. It was a good, uh, a good horror game, but it wasn't, wasn't quite the same. This really nailed like a, a good zombie horror movie in console form. So I've never finished until this podcast. I've actually never played past the first, what I would honestly say was the first 15 minutes of Resident oh, wow. Evil in the original format. I, the I dogs liked, got to you, didn't they? The dogs were as far as I got, and not because they scared me to the point where I turned it off, although that is one of the first video game moments where I ever actually had to take a break from a game and take a step back. Uh, but it was just it was too hard for me. I don't know if it was, um, you know, one of the things we'll discuss later is the controls on this game, not very good. Uh, <laughs> notoriously not very good. But I don't know if it was just the controls or just that I was not patient enough to play this the way I think it's intended to be played now, but I never got that far, much farther past the dogs. And, and up until this time, uh, this, this playthrough for this podcast, I'm 99% sure I always played as Jill and I pretty much went straight there, had the dogs jump out and was like, yep, exciting. And then never got much farther. Cause I just kept getting killed and thought I'll come back to this later. And then just saying, well, the controls are bad. I'm obviously, this is not a good game, but obviously Millions of people love this series. I love some of the later games in this series a lot more than I ever thought I liked this game. So this is the first time I've ever really sat down and focused on it and made myself learn how to play it properly. But but I'm sure both you guys have beaten this before, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, uh... this is... oh, go ahead. I, uh, I have played through... Uh several times and failed uh i would get what uh what i would find that would be you know about you know about half halfway through and yeah the controls are a problem and, and i blame the controls a lot i blame the controls a lot this time around uh but another thing uh, i guess that came with the the survival aspect of the survival horror series is that this is one of the first times i had a gun and I couldn't shoot the thing as much as I wanted. Like I couldn't just go in, you know, Rambo style and, and mow everybody down. Uh, there, there's a lot of conservation you have to do in this game. And as uh, when this thing came out, I just wasn't used to that. Uh, I mean, I had games with, with ammo before, but uh, it was just uh, so abundant. 
you know, you almost never ran out. I mean, this is one of the first games where the well will run dry on you pretty, pretty fucking quick. And you're left with that, with that goddamn knife, which I'm sure we'll discuss more as we go along. So that was always my, my problem. And it was once I'd learned to, to do a little conservation, which was unheard of at that time, uh, for me in a video game, I, I, I was able to get through this, uh, you know, about the time it came out, uh, after a after a few weeks of, of trial and error. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of the same way. The the first Resident Evil was my my first survival horror style game. You know, I'd played games before that were based on horror films or or whatever, but you know, they weren't really trying to be scary. And Resident Evil was definitely that that game that was it was trying to scare you a lot, and it did. And I was completely hooked the the instant i turned it on and started playing it the controls didn't actually bother me that much back then uh they kind of do now but back then it was so new to me that i didn't really have anything to go off of that was better than that you know Mm -hmm. i was just like this is this is fine you know i just have to to learn how to to work this i got to turn this this tank of a person around in this hallway you know 180 degrees it's going to take me 10 seconds to do it but that's that's how you got to do it and I just learned to deal with it. Uh, but yeah, with the uh, the whole like conserving your ammo, taking things slow, you know, and things like that, that was all brand new to me as well. And that really made this game, uh, especially like yeah. the atmosphere and and just feeling like there's a constant sense of dread throughout the yeah. entire game because you just never know. You know, you're holding on to those four bullets in that gun with, with all you got. And you're just like, oh, man, this is all I got. I, I, yeah, you have to. Every shot has to count. Yeah, and you got to pray you can hit that zombie in the the knee and and take him down <laughs> so you could run run around him. But you know it was it was heart stopping. You know a lot of a lot of times, and and that was the thing I, I actually remember most about that game. And, I, and yeah, I I did beat it as well. So we'll get into all the things we kind of just touched on as we go through this game a little bit. But I'd like to just set the scene for why this this game. Even with my complaints about the game before, and now I've grown to kind of appreciate a lot of that, but it was, you know, the start of the game has a fairly okay subpar intro movie, but it's it's a great horror setting. You're a, like an elite commando team. You're gone in to help uh, find out what happened to the original commando team that went to, to investigate a series of, of attacks on people in Raccoon City. You find their, their crashed helicopter while you're inspecting the area. You get attacked by these rabid dogs. You run into a mansion, and that's where your game starts. It's you as a member of the Stars team in this mansion. Not sure what to do, but you can't go outside because you're you know, going to be attacked by wild dogs. So you've got to figure out how to get out of this mansion, explore the mansion, figure out what's happened here. And very, very quickly, and I like how this, is, this game does this, it, it forces you to go to one of the best kind of reveals of I mean you know it's gonna be about zombies if you've looked at the packaging at all but the first zombie that you actually see in the game is still I think one of the best uh, you know enemy reveals in any game ever you you come up on, on this zombie you know someone looks like he's kind of leaning over another person and then the camera zooms in the 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 zombie slowly turns and looks at you and you're like, oh, man, it's awesome. This is a zombie. And then all of a sudden it stands up and it comes right at you, slowly lumbering. My favorite kind of zombie, by the way. I'm glad that these zombies mm-hmm. generally aren't the fast running zombies uh, in this format. Amazing review. I mean, even now, even after playing this a million times and, and playing it, you know, 21 years later or whatever, I still love that scene. Oh, that's that's I, there's, that's an iconic scene. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, even knowing it's coming, you still 
you still look forward to it. And the fact that you get it that early on in the game, uh, literally from the time you can control the character, you can be there in less than a minute. Uh, and it really just it sets the mood for what's to come in the rest of the game. Uh, and uh, that's one of the early compliments I'll give this game. It wastes no time just kind of throwing you in there to let you know there's some some strange shit going on. Yeah, and I, I think that's like one of the best things you know you can take away from from this early part of the game uh, that a lot of games can still learn from the original Resident Evil is mm-hmm. just how how quickly it gets you uh, from the beginning of that game. It does it just wastes no time. You're in the hallway. You go to the uh, the dining room. You're sent over there. Boom, zombie. Then the rest of the mansion starts to open up after that. It just it gets you in there. It pulls you in. And you you just want to sit there and keep playing after that uh-huh. because it it is such a, a great reveal. That's a pretty decently scary zombie too. I mean that's oh, it's kind bad. of is a, a creepy looking zombie. Well, and after he gets up and he comes at you again, the first time you face this guy, first off, if you are so we we didn't cover this because I'm not good at pacing. You get to pick who you want to be in the stars team. You can either be Chris Redfield or Jill Valentine. There's some minor differences in how the game progresses depending on who you pick, and they start with different items. So Chris starts with just a knife and some first aid spray, where Jill starts with a gun, a knife, and first aid spray. Now you'll get that gun pretty quickly as Chris, but you don't start with it. So this first zombie, if you're Chris, you got a knife. And and trying to fight a zombie with a knife, we've already kind of covered that the knife is may not be the best weapon ever, but it's arguably the worst weapon in any video game because it's, it's slow, you can't necessarily time it very well. So if you don't hit the zombie at precisely the right time, you'll even hit it directly with a knife. You'll see blood come off the zombie, and it still you know, hits you, grabs you, and starts biting you. Uh, it, and, and you can hit it a couple times. It might knock it to the ground for a minute, but then it'll get right back up and slowly come at you. That knife takes a long time to kill a zombie. You can do it. And as Chris, uh, I did play through this time as Chris for the first time ever. I really played as Chris and enjoyed it. Uh, but you can kill a zombie with a knife, but you better have no other enemies anywhere near you and a lot of, a lot of room to move around. Because otherwise, that zombie, even in a good kill, will probably hit you once. See, I started playing. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I started playing as Chris the first time, and that knife just came off as useless to me. That's when the mm-hmm. game actually taught me it, don't fight, just turn around and run. Yes, and that's something you you should probably learn very early on uh, with that game because that knife honestly is just kind of worthless overall, and that's exactly I just turned around and, and ran the fuck out of there. Yeah, and and that's the with, with the knife uh, that thing. <sighs> yeah, you need a lot of room. Uh, you need a solo, just a one on one. You need a lot of damn time too, because that thing just chips away at them. Uh, the knife, I can't even think of a last resort. Uh, that I got myself into where I had to pull that thing out and and there were some heroics where that thing pulled me through. Uh, if it when it came down to the knife, it was pretty much over at that point in time. And yeah, if there's more than one, you're not going to take on more than one zombie with a knife. Uh, you can't take on the dogs with the thing. Uh, it's it's worthless uh, for the most part. Maybe that's my my skill level. Uh, I'm sure if I got on YouTube, there's a guy doing a fucking five minute speed run knife only. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I, I can't use the thing worth a shit. Yeah, no, I'm sure that it, it's universally regarded as a terrible weapon. I, but there's also guaranteed that guy doing the knife speed run. Yeah. But but because, just pr- to prove he can, because it's such a bad weapon. So yeah. if you start as Jill, you end up going to the same section, but you have a gun, and then it still takes. That's the, the part of this game that I find 
was probably my biggest stopping block in playing it before. It wasn't as much the control or even the fact that Chris had a knife, because I would have just played as Jill. But as the, you get a, a pistol, the pistol can hold 15 rounds, but it still takes probably four or five or more bullets to kill the average zombie. And a lot of zombies, you'll, kill, you'll hit them enough times with even the gun, and they'll fall to the ground, and then they'll probably get back up and come at you again for a few more bullets. Uh, there, there are ways you can can try to aim at their head to take them out a little faster, a little easier, but that also is a quick way to waste some bullets if you time it wrong. So it's yeah. it's you have to conserve your ammo, but it's not like other games previously and, and other games even since where you get a limited amount of ammo. Those weapons are super powerful. So yeah, maybe you only have three uh-huh. shots of this you know missile, but the missile is going to d- annihilate everything. This gun, no, no way at all. It's probably just as strong as a good place knife. It's just that you don't have to be right next to a zombie. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's easy to get frustrated with it, uh, and next thing you know, you have fired off you know, more shots than you really could afford to do, and, and I found that was the case with me a lot, uh, usually with some heavy cursing and just you know, fucking railing on the button, and next thing you know, I'm about out. Uh, a lot of times, like Jeremy said, the key to this game, and, and I hadn't encountered it much in games before, is just knowing when to to just you know turn around and just run uh go to the next room regroup maybe come back or just run and never fucking look back uh there there are plenty of zombies on here uh where uh there's there's the ability to just get away from them and you don't really have to encounter them again uh it, it just depends on if Hey, when I have to go back down this hall, am I willing to to bust through this door and you know fucking hightail it down, or do I just want to get rid of this threat altogether? Uh, that that's kind of up to you. Uh, for the most part, I found uh, the times I was able to play through this, I, I left you know I left some hallways with zombies shambling about, and I just tried to keep in mind uh, that they were going to be there, sometimes right in front of that fucking door if I came back. And they are, they're slow, you know, like yeah. you mentioned, oh, they, yeah. they are slow lumbering zombies and their only real attack is to just kind of slowly lunge at you with their mm-hmm. arms coming at you. And so you, you really need to be kind of close to them uh, for them to actually get you and, and take a few bites out of you. But if you, if you kind of know the range that they can, they can lunge out at you, mm-hmm. you can run around them. You know, you've got a good, if you can get like a two foot radius around them, then you're good to go. And you learn this over time, and yeah, that's that's really about the only way uh, to to make it through that first mansion with with any sort of uh, ammo at all is to just uh, be like, well, this zombie's in this hallway. I can easily run around him, no problem. But there are definitely times when you do need to kill those zombies, and that's when the the controls and and you know those limited bullets re- really kind of hurt you if you don't know exactly what you're doing. There is more ammo to be found, but you have to hunt it down. It's not like you have a an ammo room that you go back in and your weapons get replenished every time. You'll find, a, you know, as you're going through the rooms of the mansion, uh, you might find a desk. You open up the desk and you find a, a box of bullets. So great, you've got 15 more bullets. But you're not going to come back to that room and find a box of bullets in that drawer again. That's it. And there, there's just enough weapons, just enough ammo to kind of get you through the mansion uh, arguably successfully, even if you kill everything. Uh, the, the good news with this game is if you do kill a zombie, for example, it won't respawn. So if you're in the hallway and you kill the zombie and actually kill it, not just knock it down to where it stands back up, but kill it, it bleeds all over the carpet or whatever, uh, 
it will not respawn. So you can make some definite safe areas by killing zombies. Uh, if you know it's going to be a tight run through a hallway, for example, and there's a, a zombie in it, you don't want to risk it every time because even the most weak and and what seems to be an easy enemy in this game is lethal. I mean, they don't hit you, they don't kill you in one hit, but you know, unsurprisingly, a game that gives you very limited ammo also gives you very limited ways to heal yourself. Uh, there are healing herbs you can find. There's the first aid spray that you start with. That you can find a few more. Uh, a few more samples of, and and you can find ways to make your healing herbs a little more powerful, uh, which is nice. Mm -hmm. But there's not an unlimited amount of them. It's a, it's a fairly no. limited amount, especially if you're not playing carefully. If you're trying to to make a lot of risky runs and and leave zombies out in places you may not want to and get bit a couple times, you're going to go through those herbs very very quickly and have no way to heal yourself. Yeah, and I mean this is a game. It's the first time I. Once again, this is a game, a lot of firsts in this game for me. This is one of the first games where I, you can find yourself, I mean, backed against that corner where you literally have nothing, uh, no, nothing offense-wise besides your knife, nothing to heal yourself. Uh, I, it's one of the first games where I've gotten to a point to where it's like, I'm going to have to start over. Uh, I've, you know, I've played foolish enough up here. I've made a mistake here and there, and now... Here I am at the halfway point, and you know it's it's not going to get any better. I've got to start this thing over again, knowing what I what I know now. Yeah, that's uh, especially with the the healing herbs. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. Uh, if you want, you can use one of them, and they will they'll heal you a little bit, or you can combine them to make them stronger. Uh, or, or even there's there's other plants as well, like a red plant or whatever, uh, you know, that you can make different different types of uh, things that can heal you, heal poison or whatever. Um, so for me, it was like, you know, do I want to keep these these herbs around, like one, you know, each one just individual, or do I want to combine them? But you know, if I if I use that thing, you know, then I basically used all my herbs that I have that I combined into. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you really need to kind of uh, figure out what you want to do with those herbs because not only do you get uh, very few herbs to work with, you have very few spaces in your inventory to work with huh. uh, to keep that stuff in. So if you're out and about, you know, you've got your ammo, you've got your gun, you've got your knife, you've got your herbs, and you've probably got the entire inventory filled with just that. So it's a constant fight of do I want to use this herb to make space? Do I want to combine this with another thing just so I can, you know, get another inventory space as well? It, it, it's it's one of those things where you're constantly having to fight with the game itself, but it's kind of by design, and uh, it's it really makes to, for some really tense moments. Well, I think that's the key to making this a survival horror as opposed to just you know a run and gun zombie game. There were, there were plenty of of games where you run around and and kill the undead before this game, but this is the first game where as a mix of the fact that everything is so lethal, the fact that you have a very limited amount of ammo, the fact that you do have a very limited space for what you can carry. I think it's eight eight spots uh, in your inventory, and a gun that you have equipped and bullets, that's two spots of your eight. I mean, you can, the, guns, the bullets in the gun don't count, but if you have extra bullets, you can only hold 15 in the gun. All the other bullets are taking up your, uh, your item spots, healing items, and to make matters worse, you have a limited number of saves you can do. This is one of the few games I've seen that does this. Uh, having specific spots you can save, sure. Lots of games have save areas. Uh, but having also a, a finite number of saves. You find... Mm -hmm. um, is it tapes? 
uh, ink ribbons. Ink ribbons. Ink ribbons. Yeah. You find ink ribbons, and the ink ribbons you use in old typewriters that you find throughout different parts of the mansion, they're actually spaced out pretty well, uh, so that you actually have to plan ahead. You have to go, okay, I'm, I'm going to make the run from here to, you know, through these number of rooms to find another safe room that has a typewriter, and I'm going to save. But you'll only find... You know, two of those every time you pick up the ink ribbons. So if you're, let's say you go to a room and you clear it out, you can't just come back and, well, you can clear out a room, come back and save, clear out another room, come back and save, but you'll be out of saves before you're even a fourth of the way through this game. It's yet another thing. You have to, you have to ration it out. You have to make a lot of, a lot of tough decisions as to whether you're going to play it safe and, and make a save right here, or if you're going to go a little bit further and get, get more out of that ink ribbon. Um, uh, Speaking of the saving, can we take a moment to appreciate that fucking save room music? <laughs> yeah, it's the best thing. <laughs> Even I, Jeremy brought it up. Uh, it was one of the first things he mentioned. Uh, I think a demand, and, and hopefully in this episode it will it will be in there. I probably uh, would have put it right where you just said savor music. Very good, very good. But uh, I, I remember just just loving that music and just lingering in that room. I mean, a lot of times in the save room there's also uh, a crate, uh, and you can do some inventory management there and store things in the crate uh, that you may not be using and you know and, and, and keep things in there for later to, to pull back out um, yeah I would find myself just lingering in there listening to that that was one of my favorite uh, bits of music in a game at the time I, I think it just it's it's a nice relaxing nice relaxing track but uh, but it, it it still has that ominous tone to it well it brings like it, it just brings everything down a bit you yeah. know it's the for the rest of the, for the rest of the game that's so tense uh constantly making you you know just run or run for your life uh hardly mm -hmm. any ammo hardly anything to heal yourself anytime you walked into that save room and you, yes. you heard that music you could relax nothing yeah. was going to come at you mm -hmm. uh, you were you know you could spend all the time you wanted there and it, it really helped uh with with you know kind of just making me get through the game because I knew those save rooms were, were there and I can always escape to those. But going back to the the whole saving with the ink ribbons, I, I don't know about you guys, but I remember definitely back when I was playing it, uh, I used up my ink ribbons. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't have enough. And, you know, it was, you want to talk about tense moments. When you're just inching through that mansion, just praying that you can <laughs> find another ink ribbon somewhere in one of those rooms or another save room around the corner. Uh, it, it just, I, I, there's very few games, uh, that I've ever played that, that made me that tense. And it's, it's, it's interesting that, that a lot of the tension in the game is not, uh, from the, from the enemies, uh, per se, but just the, the racking your brain about, should I use this now? Uh, can I, can I afford to use this herb now? Should I, should I chance taking another hit? Uh, there's just a lot of really tense moments in there and just a lot of a lot of thinking you have to do you wouldn't think so for a game where you're uh in a mansion shooting zombies but it's 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 a thinking man's game 
not just that, I think the way that the game uses music and sound is mm-hmm. perfect for this game. Uh, a lot of the times you'll open up a door and you'll hear nothing. It's just dead silence. You'll hear your footsteps. Yes. You And then, mm-hmm. then as you go through, you know, uh, open up another door, all of a sudden, like, it adds in, like, a creepy music while you know something's going on there. But then you go in there and it's just kind of a creepy room. There's nothing in there. Other times, similar music starts, you open it up, there's a zombie right there in your face. Like, it's mm-hmm. perfectly... Uh, perfectly orchestrated with that music to, to really increase the tension. And there's a lot of things where you can you can kind of see the foreshadowing of what's about to happen, but you may not you may not see it if you're not paying a lot of attention. Uh, there's a room later on where you can see some birds at the top of the room, kind of just perched on top of things that you might just think, oh, okay, that's a that's a neat a neat part. But of of course, something happens and all of a sudden those birds just start attacking. You you should have seen that coming, but you might not. And it, and I really like that in the game and that that you know once they once they come alive the music changes everything else goes crazy birds start attacking you uh it's it's pretty great uh the, the music especially makes this so much more tense than if, if it would have had you know just a standard soundtrack through the whole thing there's those one rooms as well like whenever you walk into them and for whatever reason the camera is actually looking back you know on you as you would come into the room but you can totally hear that zombie su- shuffling in yes. that room and you're just, I remember as a kid, I was just afraid to move forward <laughs> because I didn't know where that, I knew he was in that room with me, but I couldn't see them. And I knew as soon as I was going to walk forward, that thing was going to lunge at me. I was going to be able to see it and and, <laughs> and scream like a little girl. Uh, but yeah, there, it, it, it really does a, a great job uh, all around, just music, camera angles, uh, sound design, just everything. They, they really nailed it. On, on this first game. I mean, there's a lot of things that can be improved, obviously, and, and does improve over the next few games. But just for how many things they got right on the first try is is amazing. Well, and the things they got right definitely overshadow the things that were wrong. Although, mm. as we've already kind of mm-hmm. touched on, you know, the controls in this game are horrendous. It's It's got, t- you know, what we consider tank controls, which is you push... Uh, you know, up on the, the 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 pad to move forward, no matter what angle you're facing, and then you have to turn left to right, which makes your guy slowly turn left and right. Uh, there's no uh-huh. strafing in this necessarily, and your your character's not incredibly fast. You're faster than the zombies, but every you know, to, in order to fire your gun, it's not just pushing a button. You hold on a button to raise your weapon up, then you push another button to fire your weapon, and then if you run out of of bullets, you can't just. There's not a, a a reloading button. You try to fire again, it will slowly reload your weapon. Or you can go to the inventory screen if you know you're low on bullets and do it automatically. But it's it's a slow plotting interface to move your character around. And the cameras are set in fixed positions as if you were watching this on TVs as opposed to looking more like a Tomb Raider where it's always behind you. So it's there's a lot of rooms like what Jeremy just said where you come into a room and you can't you can't see the zombie but you can hear him. And yes, that's intentional. But there are mm-hmm. other parts of the game where intentional or not, you have to make a turn down a hallway and you can't see around the corner. You can't see around this little edge. You can't hear a zombie, but from being there before you know it's there. So you've got to inch for just enough to switch the camera to the next angle so you can see that zombie because you're not going to fire blindly as you've only got 8 bullets left. So you've really got the the cameras and the movement together are uh, really a negative overall. I mean, I've gotten used to them, and, and in a way, they kind of make this game as hard as it is because you have to deal with those things. But uh, the future games really do and you know make those non-issues. This first game, yeah. those are real, uh, real game play problems to get into the game. It's it's almost like a wall you got to get over to get into the game itself. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 a tough pill to swallow, and it it's very off-putting, and it's 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 the one reason I was not looking forward uh, to going back and playing this time. I remember how frustrating it could be, uh, but it's just one of those things you have to you kind of have to learn to love it with that game because uh, it, it, it's a part of that game that makes it what it is. Uh, if you put in the, you know, kind of more fluid controls of the, the later games in the first one, that, that's, that's an easy game now. Uh, it, it's part of that. It's part of where the camera is not really on your side uh, and you can't move it to, to see what's down that hallway or, or what's, what's ahead of you when it's, it's facing behind you. Um, yeah, it's it's something you just have to get, accept it. Um, and maybe I'm giving this game a pass because of the, uh, the nostalgia with it and all the all the good parts of it. Uh, but controls like this for another game, I don't know if I would be able to tolerate. But uh, when I think about Resident Evil, I mean this is this is one of the things right up there with the, the you know the zombie reveal, the the dogs jumping through the window. Uh, the music, the the controls, it's just one of those things that it's just a part of the game, for better or worse. Yeah, and the the biggest problem I ever had with the uh, the whole camera angles and and you know how it how it does that, um, it's just when I you know even with that limited ammo, when I would try to to aim and totally just miss mm-hmm. a shot because of just the camera angle, I could not tell if I was aiming correctly at the zombie. Uh, The game does actually give you a pretty wide berth of, you know, where you're aiming and if you're going to hit a zombie. But there are definitely times where everything just comes together where you will just whiff on on several bullets just trying Mm -hmm. to to line this damn zombie up. And that hurts. I mean, those bullets, you you need those. And when you're just sitting there, you've you've blown off three uh, and haven't even hit the thing yet. Uh, It really sucks. One of the limitations on this game that would probably be a negative, but I actually really like the way that they've covered it up and made it interesting is the, the amount of loading. There's a lot of loading mm-hmm. in between each room. No room is an immediate seam, like open a door, go to the next room. There's always a slow loading of the next room, but they've covered it up with those animations of doors opening or you slowly walking up the stairs. I think that adds to the tension. I actually really like those. Um, mm-hmm. it, but I, I mean, it's clearly there to cover up the fact that it's loading every room very, very slowly, but um, I think that's, 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 that's perfectly acceptable yeah, uh, it's with great. some of the loading times on the PlayStation you had to deal with. Uh, but, but yeah, the doors are, are great because not only, uh, does it kind of give you, give you something to look at while it's loading, uh, mm-hmm. but they're, they're, they didn't go cheap on it. They didn't make each door identical. Uh, they didn't give you one door animation, one door uh, sound. Uh, some doors creak more than others. Some doors open quietly. Uh, but yeah, I think that it just adds to the atmosphere, especially with a room you haven't been in before. Uh, you you try to figure uh, is it the fact that it's quiet, is that, is that good or bad? Yeah, and the, the only time it really bothered me was uh, once you start getting into the backtracking. And this game 
wants mm. you to do a lot of backtracking, yes. especially yes. in the the first half of the game. Uh, that mansion, it is just a it, it's it's not really a maze, but there's a lot of locked doors and a lot of puzzles to to get to places that you couldn't get to before. So there is a lot of running back and forth across that mansion, and you can't really play this game in a hurry because that you will just constantly run into those load screens. They're not very long, but they're there. And if you're just like, oh man, I just need to get all the way back over here uh, to do this, it can be a slog to get over there just because of those those load times. Well, it's not a big game. If you actually had no enemies in the room and no loading to get to each other room, I mean, the, the mansion is is a good size, but it's not big by any means. And the areas outside of the mansion are fairly small individually. Um, so it's, it's a pretty small overall playing area. So there is a good deal of backtracking. And in order to make it so that it's, you know, more interesting, there's a lot of uh, the puzzles aren't just, you know, hey, find a red key to go into a red door. There is things like that. I mean, it's not necessarily the color. It'll be a symbol of a armor or a sword or whatever on a key. And you have to find a key that matches that to open up all those doors. Um but it's not just, hey, find an item so you can open this door or, you know, make sure you find this secret symbol to put in this obvious engraving. There's there's some actually really interesting puzzles in this. I don't think they're incredibly difficult. Uh, there was none of them that I had to look up or anything. I was able to, to figure them out on my own. I mean, I, I, I'm a 40-year-old man that's played a lot of video games, but I'm also not a smart guy. And I was able to figure out most of these with a little bit of time. And, and I really enjoy that in this this sort of game where it's not just... It's not just the puzzles of trying to make it from A to B by finding a bunch of keys. I mean, that's fine, but I like that there were other puzzles here that actually took some real thought. Yeah, this actually has one of my favorite puzzles uh, in any game ever, uh, that the uh, art room puzzle. Uh, still, just that was that was just great. I, I remember as a kid just sitting there. Um, <laughs> I, I probably sat there for a good 30 minutes or more trying to figure that out. But God damn it, I did it. I figured that out on my own. Uh, and it was so much fun to do that again. Mm -hmm. uh, but there, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, uh, some nice little thinking puzzles in this game. That's it. I'm going to actually say at this point, we don't normally do this, but if for some reason you have not played the original Resident Evil and we've decided, we've changed your mind on that you won't enjoy this game, then go ahead and try it and probably don't listen to the rest of this because we're going to get into some of the the later parts of the game, give away some, some things that might be better off not known. So uh, I listened to a, you may be eaten by a Gru, which is like a Infocom text games podcast. And they have a, a spoiler wall in every episode where they say, okay, if you don't want to listen after this, then, uh, you know, we're going to give away parts of the game. Here's our spoiler uh -huh. wall. So I'm going to do that here and steal their idea. But I think it's a good idea because, uh, so after you get, it, spoiler walls hit. So you go through the mansion, you make it. And in this time of the game, I actually killed, I'd say, probably 90% of the zombies in the mansion. Oh. Uh, there's still plenty of locked doors in the mansion when you escape it the first time to get outside to the the garden sewers area, whatever they call that. Um, and then you take that to a like another little uh, house out in the back that is is uh, like a maintenance house, I guess. Um, and there's... There's plenty of reasons why you go to that house in the game and you uh, there's a, a giant plant that you have to fight. That's the my favorite puzzle in the game is the the plant poison puzzle. Yeah. Where there's only good. like two or three different kinds of liquids and you have to figure out how they made this chemical and, and all you have is a, a journal. You find an old journal that kind of explains that you need to make this chemical, and then there's a bunch of stuff written on walls in this chemical room that you have to figure out what to mix. I, I really like that puzzle. 
uh, a lot. That's the kind of thing I really enjoyed. All the things are there for you. You didn't have to go way out of your way to find it. The journal's right there. The notes are there. The the, the chemicals you knew there. I didn't have to run, you know, to another mansion to find one chemical. That would have driven me crazy. I like that everything was right there, and it really gave you time to figure out, you know, what you needed to do. And there were no zombies in that room, so you could take your time. But if you did it wrong, I think it could explode and kill you. Yeah, and, and the game itself does a really good job overall of uh, showing you what you're what you've accomplished. Uh, a, a lot of games back then were, was just very content to let you you would e- even if you figured out a puzzle, it, you wouldn't really know what you unlocked or where to go or anything like that. Uh, this game had it, it telegraphs just about everything. You know, it's if you have this color crest you can now go into this door that has this crest on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you push this button, uh, there's a there's like a mirror that you can see through, uh, and you can see exactly what, you, what you've done on the other side of the, the mirror or the window. Uh, it, it's, it, doesn't leave, it doesn't let you wander too much. I remember I definitely had a couple minutes where, where uh, when I was a kid, it, it just, I, I, nothing was clicking where I needed to go. This time when I played it, I didn't have any problem with it. Um, it, uh, it was very obvious what you need to do, even with, with the puzzles, if you sit down and just think about them, you'll get them, but it, it's, it's very good at just, uh, giving you enough information and not being too vague about it. Yeah. It, it's not taking, it's not breaking, uh, any, let me try that again. It's not redesigning the idea of having puzzles in video games, but I think it's a good mix of what I would consider like PC adventure puzzles and, uh-huh. you know, this kind of the semi-action exploration game. It, now, the the main enemies you first face in the mansion are those slow, shambling zombies. And again, you can clear out, you could probably clear out the entire mansion before you left it. The rooms you can get into. There's a handful of rooms you still can't get into, but but generally you can, you can clear out all the hallways uh, and get rid of all the you know, the zombies that you're going to run into over and over again. And the dogs. You mentioned the dogs that jumped through the window at one point. You can kill those guys, the birds. You can kill everything in this in this mansion without trying to do, you know, knife perfect knife run with just the regular pistol. I use the knives on the birds. I found that actually be very easy. Uh, I mean, annoying, but the birds don't do a lot of damage. And with the exception of the, the puzzle that you mentioned, Jeremy, in the art room, if you do that wrong, the birds will attack you. And there's mm-hmm. enough birds that, that that you can't kill the birds with a knife there effectively. But the ones, uh, there are some birds in a few other spots that I was able to kind of corner myself and just use the knife as they came close and slowly kill the birds one by one. So you can you can clear that mansion out. Now, you won't have any, any ammo left. Uh, you, you can get a shot. <laughs> you should get a shotgun before you leave. And that ammo is much... Uh, there, there's still a good amount of shotgun ammo, not as much as, as handguns, but the shotguns will often kill a zombie in one hit, if not two, uh, which is nice. If you let a, zo- a zombie get close enough to you and use the shotgun, it pretty much blows their head off and kills them in one shot. But if there's a lot of zombies around you, that's a terrible plan, and you should not operate that way. But if you don't, if you can try to just focus on just using handguns and knives, you can clear out that whole mansion. Mm-hmm. So then you think you've got a safe area. You go out to the garden area, you, you, you figure out that plant puzzle and, and get, uh, get, get some keys to go back to the other mansion with to open up those other doors. Um, did you guys play through as Chris or Jill? Chris for me. Chris also. Okay, that, that's surprising. I figured at least one of us would have played Jill just, you know, to have that gun early. Um, when you play through as, as Jill, 
very early you find your your kind of partner as you go through this Barry uh, mm-hmm. who's another stars member he's actually with you at the very beginning he's the one who says that terrible line about how you Jill the master of lock picking uh, that he's he's there and there's many puzzles early on or not puzzles necessarily but there's many situations early on that he saves you in for example if you're Jill you can go immediately to the hallway with those dogs run through that area and get to where the shotgun is is uh is located uh, the shotgun you find, of course, there's that puzzle where if you take the shotgun and you don't have something to replace it with on the wall, the next room is a trap and it will smash you to the ground. But if you're playing as Jill, you don't have to have that replacement uh, to fool the trap anymore. Barry actually kicks the door open and saves you. So you can get the shotgun really, really early as Jill. Where with Chris, you have to do the full, more involved puzzle. Um, so Barry's, Barry's the partner you get with Jill. When you play as Chris, you can find Rebecca, who's a member of the original Stars team. She doesn't help you necessarily as much early on, but later on, especially when you're in that uh, that outside building with the plant, she she you, she becomes a playable character, and you can use her to, uh, you know, and she's the one that does that that poison mixing puzzle that I like so much, um, and she's also there to uh, to help you towards the end of the game. Mm. I think it's neat. I think the the interactions between the you know the 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 other characters are pretty neat. I, I think I like Barry more. Because he's just, uh, he's got so many great lines. That was too close. You were almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> You're right. Barry, thanks for saving my life. I, I don't know if you guys <laughs> could go for a, a Jill sandwich right now, but, oh, you know, man. he obviously wanted one. But uh, I think their interaction was, was way more interesting than, than what Chris and Rebecca's was. But I, yeah. I, I did think it was pretty cool that you, you did uh, do that part where you had to actually play as Rebecca because uh, Chris was just out of commission or whatever. Um, but it's, it's a neat part of the game. Uh, I think I would have actually enjoyed playing as Jill more if I would have just selected her as a kid. But, you know, I was, you know, big tough guys. I couldn't couldn't select a girl back then. Um, so I, I played as Chris, uh, but later on I, I played as Jill and I, I, I really, I enjoyed her version of the game more than I did Chris's. Yeah. I would say I, I do like the interaction, uh, with Barry a lot more, uh, playing as Jill. I, I just picked Chris this time because I picked Chris this time because I picked him the least, uh, before I was, I was always a Jill man. I was always up for that Jill sandwich anytime <laughs> that day or night, uh, but yeah, and you know the thing is, when I was a kid playing this, I didn't realize just how fucking shitty this dialogue is. But I mean, it's 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 in the so bad it's good echelon, and some of the lines are just you know just classic lines now. Uh, whew, it's it's tough. It is tough. But it's bad dialogue, and it it gets worse the longer the game goes on. Especially yeah, yes. with Chris and, and Rebecca, some of their dialogue is pretty miserable. Rebecca! Chris! Thank God you're safe! I'm sorry that you were worried about me. We are in great danger. Um, no matter if you play as Chris or as Jill, you have the option, if you can find the uh, the discs that will give you the secret passwords, you can unlock mm-hmm. where they're locked in the final area and save the other person. That dialogue change, when I played as Chris this time, saving Jill, is is hands down the worst in any game <laughs> I've ever heard. Um, when you get far enough along in this game, and we've gone past the spoiler wall, I don't mind ruining the 21-year-old plot of a game that the other games give away in the first five seconds because it explains what happened before. Um, you find uh, Captain Wesker. He's your boss, more or less. And 
you find him later on in the game. He's he's in the mansion as well. He's trying to tell you what to do to try to get out. He's he's going to help you get out of the mansion and survive this thing. Uh, and of course, turns out he knows more than he let on. He's he's kind of a double agent for the company that that is ultimately behind this outbreak of the T virus. Uh, and even more so, he's kind of been the the spearhead that's created this master monster, the tyrant that you'll have to face towards the end. But uh, so you find Wesker and and he. He eventually, you know, shows you the tyrant, and and you, you go save Jill after that. And she goes, "Hey, Wesker is." And then there's this awkward pause, and Chris goes, "I know. Let's go." Like it's just, it's just the, and it's not even like I like that was a little more, a little more emotive than he is. His is like, "Yeah, I know." Anyway, it's the best. It's the, <laughs> it's such bad dialogue, and it it really does make the game though, because it is so bad now. Uh, and at the time it was impressive still, even though it was bad, but now every game talks. So the fact that this dialogue is so bad, you're like, oof, this is, this is harsh. Yeah. It's weird too. I kind of like Billy. I didn't realize just how bad this was back then. Maybe I was just still wowed by having any sort of, uh, you know, multimedia (laughs) in, in my video game, uh, that didn't sound like it was coming out of a Sega Genesis. Uh, you know, I was just like, oh, this is amazing. This is just like watching a movie. But yeah, playing it today, it is really tough sometimes <laughs> to get through that. Um, but it's it's also got got that charm to it um, mm-hmm. that that you just can't you can't play a Resident Evil without without thinking about those lines. Well, I think it, that's what makes it succeed in feeling kind of like a campy horror movie. The, yeah. the dialogue is bad. Uh, it, you just in general the interactions with other people are very forced i mean as soon as you find rebecca she's like sure i'll do whatever you want to do and she's just like yeah i'll learn how to play piano for you I and mean, there are all these little things that are like why would you do this but it works perfectly as a campy movie story um after you finish that plant area and and you meet wesker whenever you go back in the house that's where they introduce the fast attacking monster oh, that's taken over no the mansion more. this was the part i had never gotten this far until this playthrough where they're introduced. I don't know what those monsters are called, uh, but they're they're basically you know more undead monsters, but they look more like creatures from the Black Lagoon, and they're fast. They jump at you. They they generally the pistol's almost worthless against them. The shotgun will hurt them in a few blasts, but that's where I got uh, the Colt pistol that does a whole lot of damage but has a very small uh-huh. amount of ammo. But I thought screw it, so I killed most of those that I found. But because I had spent all that time clearing out the mansion before of the regular zombies. I don't know. Are they there? Do they coexist together or do they replace the other zombies? It replaces them because if you go through that first mansion and uh, kill as few as possible, that is the best reason for saving up your ammo is coming back for that second time Uh because everything has, it's been repopulated and you know, you get like what you're talking about. Those, those weird gorilla looking things. uh, And you also get new zombies everywhere as well. So even if you did clear out 90% of that mansion, you kind of wasted your time because they're back again whenever you come back. Well, as long as it, I didn't know if it would be like they are there in addition to. So there would be hallways where you're like, great, now I have three zombies and two of these gorillas, and what? I'm going to quit. I can't do this. Nah, That's it, too much. It, it completely resets. But the biggest problem, uh, coming back to that mansion the second time, those those green gorilla things, I forget what the fuck they're called, they've got one-hit kills. They They can jump at you and chop your damn head off. Mm-hmm. And I had that happen so many times. I don't know if they only do it at if you have a certain amount of health or what, but I have had so many runs where I have I have not saved in quite a while, and uh-huh. I turn down a hallway, and there's that fucker, yeah. and I'm sitting. I 
put my gun up to aim at him. He jumps at me off off my head goes, and that's it. You're done. Well, the, those are the the main monsters you're going to see a lot of are those those kind of two. I mean, there's a lot of dogs outside too. So I guess you have the the slow zombies, the dogs, uh, birds to some level, but they're really only in small patches. And these green gorilla guys. Other than that, the other monsters you run into are giant spiders that I didn't find too difficult um, at all. But the snake, that goddamn oh. snake, is <laughs> miserable. He's a tough customer. Welcome to Resident Evil. I mean, uh-huh. that, if if that one, if you get to that point and the controls don't don't start getting on your nerves, then you've managed to to do be way better at this game than uh-huh. I ever was. Because even back then. Um, when you get to that snake, which is ba- it's a boss essentially, um, you've got this big attic room to run around in that also has like three or four different camera angles, and this game is not made for fast action. So you you're running around. This giant snake is coiling around the room. Uh, it is constantly striking at you, and you just have to basically guess where it's going to be, fire off a few shots, run, and hope for the best. And even this time, it probably took me around six times to actually beat that thing. Well, and that's one of the, the animals that can poison you. The spiders. Yes. Uh, there are some snakes actually outside that I didn't ever, ever get bit by, but I'm sure they can poison you. And then the big snake uh, will, will poison you. And the poison is rough. I don't know if playing as Jill, it's worse because you don't have Rebecca. Uh, but you can, when you get poisoned the first time you fight the snake, Rebecca goes and gets you the... Uh, the antidote and brings it back to you. I don't know what it does when you're Jill because I've never played that far with Jill. Uh, and then later on, after you you clear out the area in the uh, maintenance house with the plant, she stays in the medicine section where you made the, the the poison for the plant, and she'll heal you when you go back there. So I think she'll heal poison. She heals you back to full health, I know, and it doesn't use up any of your items. But that's a long trek to go back and do that. And mm-hmm. if you get past the the that part of the game, you get back down into the, you know, you go through the, the catacombs kind of underneath, like the sewer area, and that takes you to the the secret lab, the secret umbrella lab. And I don't think you can leave once you get there. I'm not positive, but I didn't need to anyway. But but at a certain point, she shows up down there as well. So I think at that point, she probably would not be back in the other room to heal you. Uh, but even so, I wouldn't imagine running that far back into the game. That would be like a half an hour run to get back to get healed. I don't know either, because once I got into the sewer, it was just, I was going forward, and I wasn't going to turn back. (laughs) I do think the end of the game, not as put together as well as the mansion, I think the mansion area of the game and the the maintenance house or whatever are probably, I mean, I I really liked going through those areas, and I made sure I kept mental track of every room that had a a locked desk or a door or something I had to go back to, where when when I got to... The sewers, and when I got to the secret lab, it was almost just like, I don't care. I just want to get through this now. These these are all just big, boring tunnels and facilities, and they're not nearly as interesting. Yeah, uh, it doesn't help that the uh, the sewer is just butt ugly as well. <laughs> it's like the ugliest part of the whole game. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of my trouble was. The game loses, I, with me at least, I, I love the mansion setting. You know, the kind of the tight hallways, all the rooms, you didn't know what was going to be behind, you know, each door. And they made the rooms uh, varied from one another uh, a good bit. And once it left the mansion setting, I, I always thought it just it, it just wasn't the same after that. Uh, the, the action was still there. You know, the the 
you know, the tense moments were there, but it, it just wasn't as fun. I, I just, when, I mean, even when I think now about Resident Evil one, you think about that mansion, nobody's like, Oh, that, that awesome part in the sewers. No, it's, it's, it's the mansion. Uh, that's, that's the, the iconic backdrop from it. And once it left the mansion, I just, I just, I finished it and I still enjoyed it, but I did lose a little interest. And yeah, it does go downhill for me too when you get to that sewer. Uh, but I will say getting to that laboratory as a kid was pretty neat because it was just totally different from anything else in that game. Uh, just from the way it looked, uh, you know, you, you'd basically gotten used to this old crusty mansion, uh, the, you know, the utility house, uh, all this stuff. And then you get to this and it looks like you're in a sci-fi game just out of nowhere. And I appreciated the, the kind of, uh, twist and, and getting to that point, but yeah, that the area itself and the enemies that are that are in the laboratory, uh, I just I was kind of ready for the game to end at that point. Well, I, I think it also just felt more like a more of an action game at that point. Like, I yeah. yes, I still had limited resources, but um, I had managed to somehow conserve enough shotgun bullets, uh, even regular bullets. I probably had had. 60 to 70 regular bullets left in my handgun uh admittedly didn't do a lot for me but it felt good to have them there Uh, but i was just able to kind of treat that end section more like an action section than than the earlier parts i really felt in the mansion like every single bullet i used was a definite decision where Mm -hmm. by the time i got towards the end maybe it's because i was i knew i was close to the end i knew what i had to do and it is a smaller area but i felt like it was much more of a I mean, still not run and gun because it's a slow trudging gun, but but it still felt more like an action game with a story. It also didn't feel like the puzzles were nearly as involved. It was it was a very clear cut and dry. You need to go to this room to do this thing, and then you go to this room to do this thing, and you go to this room to do this thing. Like it kind of it, it got a little more linear towards the end. Yeah, and it, it just kind of felt like the game or the developers were just they made that mansion uh, and the uh, the stuff around it. You know, that was their their thing. And they just they had to end it at some point, and it just seems like we we got to slap this on here to to keep this to get this to the end, uh, and you know and finish this story because it does feel like those that sewer and the laboratory are very very simple compared to the rest of the game. And I, I was it was cool that they were in the game, but I, I think I would have probably just been I, I think the game would have been better off without them. Mm-hmm. Speaking of ending of the game. The, the, the last boss you fight is Tyrant. Uh, he's, he's this super creation made by Wesker and, and Umbrella. He's supposed to be the next, you know, this, this bioweapon, like the most extreme creation they've made. And he might be one of the biggest letdowns of a boss for uh. me. And, and in some ways, I'm glad about that because, again, there aren't a lot of saves. There's a lot of backtracking. I didn't want to have to reload a hundred times to fight the last boss and go, you know, watch a bunch of scenes. Uh, that said, on... Uh, Again, we're past the spoiler wall. We've already told you the ending is. You have to fight him two times. Both times, I never died. I never lost to him. I I didn't. It wasn't even like I looked ahead and I beat him. I was just like, okay, sure. I have my my Colt with like 12, 12 bullets in my in my inventory plus a full round, and I didn't have to use up a full round. I think I hit him three or four times, and he went down. In the first fight, and the second fight, it's kind of a scripted event in many ways. I'm sure you can die if you're not running, but I just ran around until I got the the. The rocket launcher, and then it was like, yeah, as long as you're not standing right next to him, use the rocket launcher, and game. There's not much to it. I, I was really expecting that it was just going to be a, a real bastard of a fight, 
uh, especially that first one where it's it's basically just a, a big laboratory room that you can run in in a circle and he will follow behind you and and do his little lunge attacks or whatever he does and it's it's not hard it, compared to the rest of the game and and the enemies and and how they kind of have these sometimes cheap cheap ways of of getting to you and and mm-hmm. uh, it, tyrant really has nothing. I mean, if you can run forward, turn around, and fire off a few shots, then then he's dead within a few minutes. Yeah, it's almost a reward for making it that far. <laughs> uh, like, because yeah, I I remember the first time I got to this. You think you know based on what you faced in the game so far and the way they've built this this enemy up. Uh, yeah, you're going to be in for just the. You know, the end all be all of, of video game boss fights and for it to not be uh yeah it's a little disappointing at first but then uh you're more thankful than anything that that you're not having a a 30 minute showdown with this boss you know it was, it's a it's a short ending and in many ways i think it's okay that it that it's that short because you one the game's just long enough that by that point i was done playing it i i mean mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it but i was like if this goes on for another like whole sequence after this i may not be able to get through it um also the fact that it is it is a short enough game and you can play as both characters that kind of changes how you play both ways through but also there's multiple endings Uh, if you don't save uh jill or chris depending on who you're playing that's that's one ending uh you can you can have both rebecca and or barry die as well so you can just escape on your own uh, so th- there's definitely different endings to the game. I mean, it's the same mm-hmm. end sequence. You you go fight Tyrant and you escape. But depending on who else you saved, it will change the ending to the game for you. So I think it's the kind of game that really was designed so that you it's a slow progress the first time through. And then it's a matter of, you know, it, it's short enough. You can play it in an afternoon and finish it start to finish if you know what you're doing. Uh, I know if you can finish the game in, what, under under three hours, you earn a rocket launcher for the next time you play through. <laughs> from the get-go so they, yeah. they i mean it's definitely designed to be played in under three hours once you know the basics i think that it, it, it's actually one of those games that's really fun to come back to and play again uh especially you know if you were curious as to what the the other character's story was going to be like uh or if you wanted to get that better ending and, and things like that it, it's definitely a got a nice a, a good replay value to it i know i played through it multiple times as a kid So how do you think it holds up now? I actually <laughs> didn't play it before much. So I have to say, I didn't go into this expecting that I would really like it. I thought I was going to force myself through it and have to be able to say, oh, well, there's all these things that this game, you know, really developed that other games made better and made into a much more exotic game. Upon its own, it doesn't stand still. But I have to actually say, uh, with the exception of of some of the, the areas, specifically the sewer area and even some of the the facility towards the end are uh, graphically are really hard to figure out what you're specifically supposed to be seeing there. Um, I, I actually don't think it's that bad. 
I mean, as far as graphically, it, it stands up okay. The sound is still, I can't imagine it being better for the purpose of, of sound in a horror video game. I think it might still be the benchmark for a game using sound as effectively as this does. But but even even the control, yeah, it's it's not good. But once I was used to it, I mean, I think this actually was probably one of the most fun games I've played this year. Yeah, it it still holds up, you know, for me. I we just got done playing Mega Man Legends and, you know, for everything we said about the controls in that game, it it holds up for this game as well. Uh if you can get over those tank controls, this is a it's still a fun game. Uh the the mansion is still just as fun to to make your way through today as it was back then. Uh it's just the the biggest thing you're going to have to overcome is is just dealing with with those tank controls and yeah. and uh shooting the zombie, you know, shooting your enemies and things like that. But everything else is still just as, as fun. Yeah, and, and I was worried when I first started playing this one because I, I, I really didn't want to have to just, you know, shit on this game because uh, I enjoyed it so much early on. But I knew there were troubles with it. Uh, but surprisingly, I think I handled those better this time than I did when I originally played through. Um, I mean, the controls are an issue, uh, and, you know, and they're going to be an issue for anybody playing it for the first time. Um or if you hadn't played it in a while and you forgot, you know, just, just, it's bad, just how bad it is. Um, but once you get used to it, like I, all three of us, so it's unanimous. Once you get used to the controls, uh, you can kind of overlook them and you can really enjoy the game. And besides, you know, those frustrations, uh, it's, it still holds up just fine. Uh, and, and if you don't have a, a PlayStation one, if you don't have the first game available in the, the original format, it, the thing has been remade several times over, I think as recently as the, the PS four. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely worth picking up in, in one form or the other. Yeah. That remaster is actually really good. It is. Uh, it's it's, nice. I think it's, it's, you know, the, it was the remaster they did for the GameCube, and they've just kind of kept mm-hmm. remastering it over the years. Yeah. Uh, and I played it on the, on the PS4, and it, oh, it's, it's great. Well, it's definitely a series that I've, I've played and liked later games in the series a lot. I mean, Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3, and even Code Veronica kind of all control the same. It has the same <laughs> control issue, which for me was, you know, previously something I couldn't get over. So, while I had played one and I played uh, the demo of two that came with the director's cut of the first one, uh, I'd never played and I still haven't played uh, Nemesis, the third game. Uh, and mm. I had played Code Veronica because I was a Dreamcast freak and I had to play everything on it, but I didn't get very far because I was like, yep, yeah, this is exactly the same as the Resident Evil's. I'm, I'm just really not into that. It took Resident Evil 4, which completely changed how the game plays. It was more of a... I mean, you mentioned for even within two earlier, Jeremy, that it has kind of that open world feel like the early parts of mm-hmm. uh, of Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4, it, it switched the control to a more traditional behind-your-character mm-hmm. view. Uh, the, the camera wasn't fixed in all these areas. It was behind you so you could actually see. Uh, and it was a lot more open with where you could go at the very beginning. So yeah. it, 4 was, I, I still think maybe... Uh, it's hard to say a game in a, in a series is better than the originator of the series, but I think four still may be the best game in this series. But uh, it's it's the first one that I had played from start to finish in the mm-hmm. whole series until this podcast. 
Yeah. Uh, two, I always preferred a little bit over one. I, I felt like it was, you know, it's, it's, it's more of the same. It's just a different setting. Uh, I just felt it did it a little bit better. Uh, and three is worth it just because Nemesis at the time was just, just scary as shit playing through that game. Um, but four, yeah, was, was outstanding. And I was, I was hyped up for it and I was just expecting another Resident Evil game in the, the usual style. So I was, I was very surprised with what I got and, and highly enjoyed it. And especially one of the few times I could say it, the port of it on the Wii, I oh. thought was, was superior. Uh, it's one of the few times that controller really fucking came out to shine. Uh, small points taken off for having a goddamn slide puzzle in it. But, uh, <laughs> before i played through so many times went through unlocked all the you know, little extras the infinite ammo rocket launcher uh machine gun all of that stuff have put the put the gangster outfit on the guy i uh, just did everything you could pretty much with that game uh but it was just just excellent and and they took a big you know departure from the other games and took a little bit of a risk there um i mean it ran the the chance of kind of alienating the the kind of really hardcore Resident Evil fans, but I, I think a lot of people embraced that one for the most part, and and I thought it was a a welcome welcome addition, and it was my favorite one up till recently. I think it basically it just reinvented the series. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the the first uh, three or four games, uh, you know, up to uh, what was that one on GameCube uh, that had Rebecca and that other zero guy. zero. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, zero. The pre the uh, prequel. The prequel. So there was like four. There was like uh, zero and uh, Resident Evil one, two, and three. Those were the tank control ones, mm-hmm. and then Resident Evil four just completely reinvented that series. And everything after that is almost like it's a different series of games. Mm-hmm. Um, especially once you get to five and six. Uh, but you know, it, it's uh, it, it's kind of weird. I mean, after four, it definitely takes a more action-oriented approach to that series. It is yeah, less yeah. horror. It is more shooting. Um, but, you know, there's definitely a lot of people that that still like the original series of games better because it is more, you know, it's more tense. It's more slow-paced, mm-hmm. um, more survival horror, which the, the later yeah. games just kind of forgot about. Oh, by the time five comes around, it's 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 all action. At that and, point, and see, I, I'm one I, of the people that I love five. I still, I, I thought, I thought, yeah, four and five, I held in very high regard. Six, I thought, just it suffered from just the the story. I thought was was very disjointed, um, and it just dragged on. It dragged one individual. You play several characters, and one character is part alone, fucking dragged. And to think there's more after that. Six, I just I was not a fan of. Um, but yeah, four. Like I said, welcome edition five. I've really upped the, the fucking action on that one. Uh, you had uh, just these big set pieces, the entire villages worth of people to, to wipe out. Uh, you know, fucking roided up Chris punching rocks <laughs> and just all kinds of crazy shit in the game. Uh, but yeah, I, I never saw the problem with five. Um, and five also introduced a co op into it. And you it's should probably, co-op. It is, and you should probably find a friend because the AI uh, of your your partner, if if you go in solo, was a little iffy at best. Um, but yeah, I I, I just I, I can see the complaints if you just really loved 
the style of those early ones. Uh, but you have to realize that the the series can't go to the same well too many times before before it just gets stale. And Resident Evil series, I think, has always and I've always appreciated has has always kind of reinvented itself here and there, and especially when fucking seven rolled around, which I, I'm sorry is my current favorite out of the series. Yeah, yeah, that, seven, yeah. Wow, that that's that's a really that's big really shit right game. there. Yeah. That game has uh, I that's a tough one. I'm I'm a grown man, but uh, there's there's going to be a lamp on somewhere in the room. When, when I play that one, it's it's not going to be too dark. Um, yeah, seven. They once again took a, a big jump forward and went went first person, uh, and no more the over the shoulder like the like you know four, five, and six, uh, and just really it kept the action in there. Uh, some parts. This is a, a pretty newish game, so I'm not going to uh, definitely throw out too many spoilers on that. Some parts of the game later on, I thought were a little too action heavy and I kind of lost my interest. Uh, but especially early on in this game, when you are in uh, the, the house you begin in and yeah, that's fucking intense game. It's definitely a series that's, that's thankfully reinvented himself at phases, mm-hmm. but not quite every game is, you know, a whole new reinvention. There have definitely been some kind of side games and spinoffs that are, uh, they have some rail shooters in the in the series, uh, mm-hmm. the the Revelation series. Uh, the I guess just there's only two of them, but those are actually pretty good too. After playing, I think those came out after five, and you know I thought five was was pretty action heavy, and six even more so. And I thought Revelations kind of brought it back down to uh, uh, more of a survival horror. You know, you had very limited ammo, very limited resources, uh, but still not as much as this first game definitely did. I, I will say. I, I had zero interest in playing through the early Resident Evils. Uh, I mean, I was excited to do it for this podcast because I, I thought it was a good Halloween topic. But since I finished this, I've already uh, picked up on that that PSN sale, uh, Code Veronica. Mm-hmm. I'm playing that through now, and, oh, and I will probably play right through now. the others. They're, they are all on there. Yeah, and they're cheap, and uh, and they're fun. I mean, after I mm-hmm. again, if you can get used to the controls and you can get used to the idea that this is not, uh, it it's not run and gun by any means. It's definitely a lot more methodical than I ever thought it was. Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying these games. So I think mm-hmm. that this might be my favorite, my favorite episode we've had. Cause it's, it's kind of opened my eyes to a game that I've played on and off for 20 years and never clicked with me. And finally, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just the being forced to play through it enough to talk about it, or just that I finally, I don't know, matured enough to appreciate it, but it, it's great. I love this series. Yeah, I mean, whatever it takes to get you into it, it's it's certainly one where the, the like we've said many times, where the controls and the the pace of it can really just just put you off early. And 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 I found this with a couple people I know. They never gave the game kind of a proper a proper chance. Uh, I, I think a lot of people have gotten you know twenty minutes in and and that's it. They can't tell you much beyond what's what's after the uh, the the dog hallway. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just a great series, and even six, my least favorite one, I would I would probably play through it again at some point in time. Uh, and yeah, uh, if you're listening to this as this comes out, I believe the sale on these games is still out there, so uh, it's 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 worth picking up. Now, um, which one of us volunteered to watch all the movies? <laughs> Ooh, I've, I've Jeremy, actually Jeremy seen Gregory. Was that you? Uh, well, I did recommend Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, so I guess it's <laughs> some, I guess I'm gonna have You're to. You're it. Compared to the Tomatoes movies, though, Resident Evils may not make any sense, but they at least are more enjoyable to watch. Hey, I th- I think the first one is pretty decent. 
the first one is is is, is good and then as as well as an adaptation of the first game as as i think they could could make uh just watching somebody crawl around a mansion i guess would not make for for good cinema uh yeah i enjoyed the first one uh it just problem is after the first one i could not tell you which parts oh, are from the, what film the less uh, said about those other ones uh, the better yeah well, they're all better than the House of the Dead movie, so at least you're not watching that. <laughs> we didn't cover that. Uh, so that is the end of our Halloween 2017 episode of Retro Vaniacs. Uh, again, if you're looking for more uh, to make your holiday, uh, how, which again, make your Halloween uh, spookier, every year we've done a handful of these. Again, we did Castlevania's Monster Party, uh, and even last episode on, how did I forget? Oh, a cal- <laughs> Killer Tomatoes. That's how I forgot, because it's oh, worth we, forgetting. We keep trying to forget that. Oh, it's forgettable. Uh, but we've got plenty of other old uh, Halloween-style uh, videos and and episodes of Retrovaniacs to check out. So, till our next show, which will not be Halloween-themed, please check us out on Retrovania.net, on Facebook at Retrovania.net, on Instagram at Retrovania.net, and, and, of course, on Twitter at Retrovania.net. Ah. And we will see you next time.